This is the Education Business Podcast for consultants and business owners providing services in schools. I'm Claire Riley, and I'll be sharing how to start, grow, and scale your education business. This is the second of a two-part series looking at red flags when hiring in education business. So in the previous episode, I talked about the reasons that we ignore the red flags in the first place. And today I'm going to talk about what the red flags actually are. So if you haven't listened to the previous episode, then go and listen to that one first to learn about the 12 reasons in more detail. But here's a super quick recap before we get into the next part. So the 12 reasons that we ignore red flags in the hiring process in the first place are, number one, we want to see the best in people. Number two, we're inexperienced. Number three, we're desperate for the help or for a break. Number four, The money's coming in and we've got a little bit too confident. Number five, we believe people can easily do it like us because we're not special. Number six, we feel guilty about the salary that we're offering, so we don't believe that we deserve good people. Number seven, we want to help people. Number eight, we think that we can change them. Number nine, we've gone to a lot of effort with the hiring process. Number ten, We're worried that not hiring would look like a failure to family and friends. 11. We haven't had very many people apply. And 12. We worry that there aren't enough people out there. Okay, so we know the reasons why we ignore the red flags and that's a good starting point to look out for. You need to really practice observing yourself during the hiring process and being more self-aware. At any point, do you feel any of the urges that drive you to ignore those red flags? Because it does happen. So what are the telltale signs then that a candidate may cause us problems further down the line if we do hire them? In fact, I shouldn't even use the word may. It's actually the word will. They will cause us problems further down the line. We shouldn't look at this as a gamble. Often, these red flags are there at the very beginning. We think that they emerge later on, but actually they just become more obvious as the person gets more comfortable in the situation that you've created for them. So I've got 11 red flags to run through. And if you're not ready to hire yet, bookmark this episode to listen to later. So when you do start hiring, it will be really helpful for you. And you'll be able to avoid the mistakes that I've made. Now, I do share learnings about hiring in more detail in Education Business Club. I've got another training coming soon and I've previously talked to individual members of Education Business Club about hiring and the feedback has been that it's been super useful. So Karen McGuigan is a member of EBC. She's founder of Maths for Life and recently she hired her first employee based on the conversations that we've had and I'm really pleased to say that the relationship she has with her first hire is progressing really successfully. And that is what we want. That is the power of listening to someone who has been there and done it before. It's different to what I had. And I love that so much. So the 11 red flags then. Number one, they don't follow the instructions. So you put a job advert on your website and it explains the application process. You share that advert on social media channels, asking people to click the link to view the job advert and apply. And that's when it begins. You get people commenting on your social post saying, I'm interested, or can you email me, or 
how do I apply? Red flag. The instructions are clearly there. If they wanted the job and would be willing to follow your, your instructions within a role, then they would follow the instructions to get the job in the first place. Hiring someone who needs spoon feeding like this is going to be a massive drain on your energy when you're trying to grow a business. Number two, you feel like you're doing someone a favour. Sometimes this is solely when it's somebody you know, but it can be other times as well, especially if they strike up a really good rapport with you or they have a bit of a sob story. I'm not saying that you shouldn't hire someone who has a sob story, by the way, but it has to be about them wanting the job, not about you feeling sorry for them and them making you feel like you have to hire them because of some other reason. They shouldn't want that either. So your internal balance of fair exchange can really help you here. Knowing what's fair and what's in the middle, not over or above the middle line. I've got a full training on this in Education Business Club. If you want to learn more about fair exchange in the education world, you should go and check that out. Number three, they make you feel like they're doing you a favour. So this almost always is somebody that you know, but it can be anyone. And it's like there is a sense of entitlement there that they will get the job. Now, I'm all for confidence, but there's this uncomfortable confidence and it's in what they say as well. Deep down, they must know that you will be doing them a favour, but to counter that uncomfortable feeling inside them that they're trying to deal with, they turn it on its head and they make it into them doing you a favour. This is one of the most dangerous red flags that will affect your whole business and the culture of it further down the line. So if there was ever one red flag, if somebody tries to make you feel like they're doing you a favour, massive red flag. Number four, they show you no respect. We're not talking about yes sir, no sir, three bags full, so we're not looking for that. There's certainly an uncomfortable element when anyone goes over the top to respect. But it is important that any potential colleagues acknowledge how far you've come without them. The value that you bring to the business, the plans that you have for the future and your position in the company. There's no sense in building a team who believe that they are too good for you. Yes, you want to hire smarter people for sure, but attitude and capability are two completely different things. Number five, they don't ask the right questions. So this will come up uh, in the task that you set rather than the interview itself. But if they don't ask the right questions before they get the job, how do you know that they understand how to ask the right questions when they're in the post? Are they clarifying what they don't understand? Are they questioning the why and the how? Are they going to help you make things better in the company? Or will they be pushing that responsibility solely onto you? Number six, they won't give you honest feedback. So when you ask them how the hiring process has been for them, they'll tell you it was fine. They won't have anything else to say. They won't have thought about the great bits and they won't have thought about what needs to improve. So they're not going to do that in your business either. They're just thinking about getting the job for whatever reason. They're not thinking about moving things on and making things better. Seven. They want the job for the wrong reasons. This is a big one, one that you'll probably notice the most. 
The classic ones I've come across are that they want to work from home or they want to leave teaching. And honestly, I used to think that they were legitimate reasons to want to work at Costume Secrets because I was a rescuer. It was all about me being the rescuer and offering them a way out, not about what I needed to grow my business. You know, these reasons, wanting to leave teaching or work from home, I understand them, but they should be benefits for them, upsides, not reasons to join the company, to join the cause. Number eight, they don't answer the questions that you ask properly. So I've recently watched Inventing Anna on Netflix. It's definitely interesting, so you should watch it if you've got access. And she avoids questions frequently by deflecting or answering a different question. And so it's not just how confidently someone delivers an answer. You have to be tuned into what they're actually saying as well. Are they actually answering the questions or is it not quite making sense? Nine. They've done a half-assed job in the test or the assessment. It sounds really obvious, doesn't it? But if they can't be bothered now, what makes you think they'll be bothered in the role? And this is where all our reasons like the red flags that we ignore come in. Like, I can change them, they're having a bad day, or they've got a sad story. But the bottom line is, don't make it your problem because it's one that you cannot fix. If they haven't done a good job in the assessment, it's no. It's no. Number 10. They don't score well on the test. Maybe you know that they've tried really hard on the assessment. We've done them in workshop settings before where everyone comes and they learn something and then we give them an assessment there and then. But the results aren't where you want them to be. Yes, it could be your assessment and you should investigate that. But don't fall for hiring people who showed you they couldn't do it in the first place because you think you need to make changes to your hiring process. Like That's not the time to do it. And 11, they don't know about the company. This is like my pet hate. This is a biggie. You ask them what the company does and they don't really know. They could have asked at any point during the hiring process. They could have interviewed you before they even applied for the role, if they weren't sure. They could have done the research. How can someone be passionate about joining your team for the right reasons and helping you realise your dreams if they don't know what they're trying to join? So there's my 11 red flags to be watching out for when it comes to hiring in your education business. You've probably figured that I'm pretty passionate about this stuff. When you scale a business, Hiring is something that you really have to get good at because you can only make the leaps that you want to make with the right people in place. So if you want to learn more about hiring, I'm going to be releasing a new module on hiring in education business on the 1st of May, 2022, if you're listening in the future, in Education Business Club. So if you want to access that, then go to educationbusinessclub.co.uk to sign up to the club. Thank you for listening to the Education Business Podcast. To get more information to grow your business, sign up at educationbusinessclub.co.uk.